0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Electric Cities podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Worson. Today, we're going to talk about Toronto's Rogers Centre, an architectural and engineering marvel which upon its opening in 1989, was hailed as the eighth wonder of the world due to its incredible retractable roof. But now almost 30 years later, the stadium is the oldest in Major League Baseball that hasn't been renovated. And the Blue Jays know they must make changes to keep up with the times. To talk about the stadium and their vision for the future, I'm joined by Andrew Miller, the Blue Jays Executive Vice President of Business Operations. Andrew, thanks so much
1: for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you, Jeremy, it's great to be with you.
0: So before we begin, I've got to say you've got a really cool job, and so I'm, I'm curious to know more about your career path and how you wound up where you are today.
1: Yeah, so I I grew up in Southern California, a huge baseball fan, mm-hmm. uh, played baseball, was a bat boy for three years as a kid, uh, just was very, very passionate about baseball, and uh, played in college, uh, interned for the Oakland A's while I was in college. Really? Uh, always wanted to find a way to play, uh, was uh, pretty quickly aware that uh, my my long-term pursuits weren't going to be on the field. I got to play with a number of guys who played in the big leagues and I played against a number of guys who were in the big league. So saw that separation, realized there's probably some other path for me, but uh, graduated from from college and decided to go a different route, went to Wall Street for uh, six, seven years, uh, went to uh, a year in, in New York and in fixed income and then back to the Bay Area, uh, worked in tech banking during the dot-com boom and uh, then the bust and ended up in, in graduate school Uh, did a MBA at Northwestern and it was really there that I started thinking more about baseball uh, where Moneyball the book had come out Right. Uh, yeah. A year or two before I got to school, and I realized— I hadn't read
0: the book, but I didn't see the movie. Yeah, it was, it was a good book. Yeah. Uh, the movie was good,
1: too, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know, realized that it was not only happening right down the hallway from where I was an intern at the A's, but uh, that, more importantly, the world had completely changed in six or seven years, and that a number of the uh, the, the types of analyses, the decision-making that I might have seen on Wall Street or in Silicon Valley uh, was being applied to, to baseball. And I just thought, you know, maybe this— this is an opportunity for me to explore uh, more, you know, my passion for baseball. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, I'll go out into the world and, and find a different job. And so, you know, I networked quite a bit and just tried to learn more about the industry. Uh, and at some point, I uh, was really fortunate to, to be introduced to Chris Antonetti of, of the Cleveland Indians and uh, ended up getting an internship there and uh, ended up uh, staying for about 10 years. So you stayed and you
0: worked your way up within the Indians organization. Yeah. Um, were, there, were there areas within the organization that you, you sort of naturally gravitated to?
1: So so I started in baseball operations. Uh, my goal was to be a general manager, and uh, for about four years I, I worked in baseball ops, and uh, it was it was the dream. You know I got to work on trades and you know contracts and salary arbitration, and uh, at some point uh, got to work on uh, the Goodyear Spring Training facility, and uh, so learned quite a bit about you know the development of uh, you know facilities and, and the ins and outs of of running of, of running a facility like that. And when Mark Shapiro started to move uh, towards, you know, becoming team president, he was really looking for someone to help him uh, learn the business and, and run the business. And uh, my background had been uh, in business and, uh, you know, we had worked together for a few years. And uh, so, you know, we, we ultimately made the switch.
0: And so, when did you join the, the Blue Jays organization?
1: Yeah, so I, I came here in May of sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got here uh, about a month after the season started, uh, and uh, it, it was great learning experience. You know, to to be at one organization uh, for ten years uh, and then you know, move over to another, and you know things are very different. I mean, you know the 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 city is obviously different. It's an incredible city. That's that's uh,
0: actually what I wanted to ask you before we get into the stadium itself is. And I I often ask this of people who are new to the city, especially ones who are new residents. What was your impression of, of Toronto when you came here?
1: It was just incredible—the uh, the vibrancy, the diversity, uh, the the different types of you know food and activities, and the ability to uh, very easily you know get around town. And I know there's traffic, but uh, I, I live in a part of town where I take the subway or you know uh, run or walk into to the ballpark. So uh, you know it's just a, a great place to live. And you know I, I've lived in uh, New York, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, uh, and then Cleveland for ten years, and uh, you know Toronto. Toronto has uh, e- everything that you would ever want in a city. It's it's an incredible place to live.
0: So you compare it to your experience in Cleveland or sorry in Chicago in New York. I mean those are really vibrant cities with uh, a lot of the same um, attributes that Toronto has.
1: I mean, it reminds me a lot of Chicago. Yeah, uh, I think size-wise, and you know, the proximity to the lake and, and the orientation around one of the Great Lakes. Uh, but you know, the, the people, uh, you know, are, are you know friendly, and you know, uh, it, it's just a very welcoming place.
0: That's good to hear. Uh, you know, I think Torontonians tend to have a little bit of a, a low self-esteem when it comes to their own city, and I think it's a tendency to ask outsiders, what do they think of the city as a tourist? And and more importantly, what do they think when, when living here?
1: There's absolutely no reason for that. Right. Uh, you know, I I guess I haven't run across that as much, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just an absolutely incredible place to, to live. And uh, from a business perspective, you know, we, we couldn't have uh, a better market in terms of uh, the people within the GTA, the ability to engage with fans across Canada. We're, we're the only team in Major League Baseball that represents an entire country. And, you you know to have people coast to coast uh, watching games engaging with us on social media you know wearing Blue Jays gear you, you see people out in force whether it's when we're out on the winter tour or when you know the team plays out on the road whether it's in Van uh, I was gonna say in Vancouver, in Vancouver but in Seattle yeah. <laughs> where it, it's you know almost a blue Jays home game you know the number of people that come down from Vancouver and other you know parts of Western Canada uh, but all of the northern US cities uh, have a, a big inflow of uh, Blue Jays fans, but you see it everywhere. You see it, you know, whether we're playing out in California or uh, in Houston or in Florida, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be the cities that are in close proximity to the border uh, where Blue Jays fans are out in force.
0: So let's get a little bit more um, to talk about the stadium itself. Um, Now, a few weeks ago, uh, I I read a story in the New York Times. They did a, a really good story about the massive reinvestment in stadium renewals that are taking place across North America and mostly brand new facilities. And it focused on how these stadium renewals are taking place more and more in urban centers and are moving away from suburban locations.
1: Why do you think that is? It's a good question. Uh, I think, and I'm not at all the expert in, uh, you know, city planning or urban development, but I I think there's been maybe more of a movement towards, uh, you know, city life and and city living, uh, you know, in general, uh, and that, you know, a ballpark uh, or a sporting venue of some sort uh, is part of the attraction uh, to living downtown or to living uh, within an urban environment. Uh, that, That may be tied to that uh you know really the the last generation of ballparks you know uh the the ones that were built in the 60s and 70s and uh torn down and replaced in the 90s and 2000s they had a life cycle of about 30 years uh and they were more suburban uh and you know some of them got replaced on site and others got replaced uh, in more urban environments
0: so um now, with respect to stadiums, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen just about every stadium in your in your career in North America. Um, when you joined the Jays, what was your first impression of Rogers Center?
1: You know, ironically, I'd actually never been to Rogers Center before uh, I'd started here. I'd been uh, to Toronto a few times and I'd been uh, around uh, Rogers Center, but I'd never been to a game. And... So my, my first experience within Rogers Center uh, was my first day of work, and it was a, a midweek, uh, you know, May game against Tampa, and uh, you know, w- we had probably twenty five thousand or so fans here, and you know, people were saying this is going to be the smallest crowd we have all year, and that in itself was was a bit shocking to me, and then the the sorry, what was the shocking part? Uh. Well, that twenty five thousand would be the low point, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because major league average attendance is roughly thirty thousand. Okay. So, if the lowest game all year is twenty five thousand, we're doing okay. You're doing okay. You know, that year we led the American League in attendance, so we, we did do okay. Um, but standing out on the field before the game during batting practice and just taking it in uh, and seeing the roof and seeing the hotel and just the the magnitude of the building itself. Uh, you know, I've been in baseball for 10 years. I've been, as you said, I've been to a number of stadiums, uh, almost all of them. Um, I was sort of in awe, sort of like a little kid, you know, uh, just not really being able to, to process that. So were
0: you, you were in awe of the
1: scale, of the, of the roof, of the size of the stadium? Just in being in the, in the, on, on the field. And uh, that, that was sort of a different sensation for me. It had been a long time, you know, since I felt that way. And then uh, I think the thing that really hit home uh, even beyond that on my first game here was, uh, you know, around the sixth or seventh inning, we, you know, got a hit, you know, knocked in a run. And the noise from that crowd sort of took me aback. Uh, And, you know, there's something about uh, being in an enclosed environment, you know, with a roof closed, you know, that that night, Uh, just the noise is is deafening, even without uh, a full house.
0: And there are no other, there are other stadiums that are enclosed. There are. Right. And do they not have the same effect?
1: yeah I just don't have as much experience you know attending games at those you know stadiums, but you know having a roof you know changes the acoustics and uh would presumably create some noise but it just it was just sort of surprising to me so what
0: were some of the things in Rogers Center that i guess when you first arrived your first impression that you considered to be out of date?
1: Yeah, so it's a good question. You you know, you mentioned uh, you know earlier that it's the oldest uh, ballpark that hasn't been renovated, and when you look at baseball, you know, there's sort of a a new retro uh, era of ballparks built, uh, you know, mostly starting with Camden Yards in the early '90s, Uh, and since that's the one in Baltimore, right? In Baltimore. And you know, since that time, uh, there's been a number of new ballparks uh, come online in any number of cities. And you know, there's a handful of ballparks that are older than Rogers Center. Uh, you know, a couple of historic buildings like Wrigley Field or Fenway Park or Dodger Stadium. Each of those have had uh, quite a bit of renovation work. The the Cubs are in, at Wrigley Field are in the middle of a, a six year renovation project. Uh, Fenway Park in Boston went through roughly ten years of renovations and ten uh, years renovation. Yeah, in the in the early to mid-2000s. Wow. Uh, so, you know, those those ballparks have all had a lot of work. Kansas City, which, uh, you know, came online in the early 70s, uh, had $250 million put into it in 2009. So a lot of work has gone into uh, ballparks that are actually, you know, were constructed before Rogers Center. Uh, so, so what I, kind of, just
0: generally, what kind of work did they did they put into these older stadiums like Wrigley and, and Fenway?
1: Yeah. So Wrigley is in the middle of it right now. Uh, they put in uh, two new scoreboards. They, you know, still had the original uh, historic, uh, you know, hand operated scoreboard. They put in two video boards. Uh, they built an entire uh, office building complex. They built a new clubhouse uh, for the players underneath uh, the stadium itself. Uh, right now, they're putting in a home plate club. You know. A Premium area below the seating bowl. Uh, they're going to be redoing the suites at some point. So it, it really does, you know, depend on sort of what the the needs are. When when you look at ballparks, the the trends uh, have changed. I mean, frankly, the world has completely changed since nineteen eighty nine. And and you know, you're right. The, this building was state of the art. You know, sort of the eighth wonder of the world. You know, the retractable roof and a, a number of other features that people had just never seen before. Right. You know, it was the hotel. A, the- yeah, a hotel embedded in it. Uh, I mean, it was it was an architectural marvel. Uh, and so, you know, th- that like not taking anything away from that at all. But it's been almost thirty years, and the way society operates, the way people uh, engage with each other, the way they use uh, entertainment. You know, venues, the way they use media uh, has completely changed and it's changed the expectation. You know, the the way that a ballpark was designed uh, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, the idea was you get a blue seat and your experience is different based on you know, where your blue seat is located, proximity to home plate and, you know, the proximity to the field, whether it's in the 100 level or the 500 level, uh, or maybe you'll have a suite if you're, you know, with a, a corporation or something like that. Uh, that expectation is no longer, uh, you know, the way fans enjoy a ball game. And there there's clearly a segment of fans, a big segment of fans that wants to sit, you know, and watch the game. But there's also a number of other segments of fans that uh, you know want other things, and and so we've had to look at uh, what our fan segments are, uh, how people are using the ballpark, and what they want out of the experience, and and that may differ. It may differ, you know, who you're with, whether you're with corporate clients or your you know your family members, and uh, you know we have to to cater to that, and you know that's led to a number of different. Uh, you know trends including you know connections connections between uh, outside the ballpark the city itself and the ballpark mm-hmm. areas within the ballpark and and the field uh, more social spaces more targeted areas whether they're uh, children's zones or high-end restaurants or uh, bars you know things that are are more unique areas that uh, different segments of fans uh, will be attracted to um, you know fewer uh, fixed seats and more or flex seating areas or standing room areas, things where people can uh, actually you know socialize with the people that they came to the game with instead of sitting in a row of seats and, and maybe only speaking to the people directly next to them. Uh, a very different food and beverage experience: um, hot dogs and uh, beer or, or sodas, uh, you know, peanuts, cracker jacks. You know that that's sort of what baseball is known for traditionally, and there's still you know quite a bit of interest in, in those items. But you know, there's a lot more local food, a lot more variety of food, uh, potentially depending on uh, who you're with or what type of experience you're looking for, more high-end food. And so we need to have a, a differentiated food experience uh, for different types of fans. So was this an idea
0: that um – was cultivated when you arrived at the Jays, recognizing some of the inadequacies of Rogers Center, or was this something that was recognized in the years prior to your arrival, that something needed to be done and it's just going to take time to, to kind of hone in on that vision?
1: Uh, so some combination of that. So we we worked on the renovation of Progressive Field in Cleveland uh, for about six years. Uh, we started uh, with a master planning process uh, trying to – think through what's, uh, you know, what's the ballpark of the future and what are those trends and how should we be thinking about uh, what it would look like. Uh, We toured probably two dozen facilities, uh, ballparks, arenas, football stadiums, uh, performance arts centers, trying to understand, you know, how are spaces used uh, and how would fans, you know, really want to engage with different areas of the ballpark. Uh, And then we went through the renovation process in 2000. uh, It opened in 2015 and 2016 uh, were phase one and two. And, you know, really trying to incorporate a lot of those themes. So, you know, it's not... Uh, necessarily unique uh, to you know research we've done you know these are uh, talking to some of the top sports architects and designers uh, in the world that have built a number of these venues and and seeing how different teams operate uh, and and what they want to include in, in their venues uh, trying to understand how that might adapt to you know first Cleveland and, and then here and uh, you know Toronto's a very different market so you know the idea is not to take uh, the the same playbook and rerun it here, the idea was to try and understand what's unique to uh, the Toronto market uh, and the GTA and, and to our fans, uh, and how are they going to want to interact with this venue, which is a very different and unique venue.
0: So how how is the Toronto market unique or different than the Cleveland market that you, you came from?
1: Yeah, it, it's, I mean, so one of them is just sheer size. You know, the, the magnitude of the GTA, it's much bigger, uh, much more dense uh, than Cleveland. Uh, you know, when we've done uh, our research on, on fans, uh, you know, we skew younger uh, than most other uh, teams in Major League Baseball, not just Cleveland. Uh, so it's, it's catering to a different dynamic, a very uh, technologically savvy, uh, you know, market and a market that has a very strong, you know, corporate base within just a few blocks of Rogers Center. So, you know, trying to cater those needs is, is very different. What about some of
0: the Rogers Center's positive attributes? Uh, what is it that, you know, it inherently it, it has that can offer for building uh, towards the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, it has, you know, the the history and the fabric of 40 plus years of incredible memories that uh, people have, have created here. So we, we don't want to lose that. We want to, you know, build something that accentuates that history and, and really, you know, builds off of it and, and improves it uh you know the last generation plus of you know torontonians have you know really enjoyed uh a number of the features of roger center so we want to make it so that the next generation has that similar opportunity and you know when you look at you know that type of setting i mean this building was really built for a, as a multi-purpose stadium, and the Blue Jays were a tenant. Um, the Argos were a tenant for a number of years uh, until you know recent years. Uh, the Raptors were a tenant for a few years. Uh, there was a very different landscape for concerts and, and other events. Uh, you know the Air Canada Center didn't exist. You know some of the other concert venues around town didn't exist. Um, you know the convention center didn't really exist. So you know this building was a very different. Uh, you know different center uh, 30 years ago uh, than really the, the purpose it serves today and, and at this point uh, you know the, the blue Jays are, are really the, the primary uh, attraction and we played 81 baseball games here and you know the, some of the things that made it multi-purpose, uh, you know, don't make it as inviting for baseball specific. So what we really hope to do is convert this from a stadium into a ballpark. And that can mean a lot of different things. But, you know, ballparks are are known for, you know, more intimacy and more history and heritage. Uh, you know, when this building was, was constructed, uh, when it opened in 1989 – the Blue Jays only had twelve years of history, mm-hmm. and you know there were some good teams and some history created in in the eighties. You know, uh, with with the Blue Jays, but it was only twelve years right? And now that you look at the rich history of 40 plus years of Blue Jays baseball, there's a very different, you know, opportunity to really bring that history to life. Mm -hmm. And when you have a multi-use venue where the Blue Jays are just one tenant, there really wasn't, you know, an opportunity to, you know, make it, you know, really kind of call to life what makes Blue Jays baseball great, what makes baseball history here in Toronto great. Uh, And we have that opportunity now.
0: So, where are you then with the vision for the stadium? It sounds like the main goal is to <clears throat> greatly enhance the fan experience, to draw from that rich history, to to really be up with the times. Um, I think you know. I'm sure the listeners are going to want to know what what's the game plan. Where where where, where do you sit in, in terms of your your vision, your timeline?
1: Yeah, so we've gone through a master planning process here. Uh, we engaged with architects and and designers and uh, construction firms, engineers, uh, and so we, we have some conceptual uh, you know ideas, uh, and you know we've uh, we've been working internally to figure out sort of what's the best approach to uh, proceeding with that, what's the right phasing, uh, what's the right timing to start. Okay.
0: So nothing more to reveal at this point. Yes, <laughs> stay uh, tuned. Stay tuned. Well, that's great. I think um, you know certainly, I, uh, Blue Jays fans and just Torontonians in general would be um, anxiously waiting the next release of of uh, proposed vision uh, for the stadium uh, to represent exactly the the the, uh, the goal for for enriching that fan experience. Um, Now, the other thing that interests me is the connectivity between the stadium and the surrounding area. Now I know the Jays recently endorsed the city's bold proposal for the rail deck park. And in fact, I think you guys uh, even suggested maybe extending it all the way to John Street. Um, So how do you see that contributing to the fan experience?
1: Yeah. I mean, the truth is that the fan experience starts well before they enter the gates of Roger Center, Uh, whether they're getting in their car or getting onto a a train or walking from their office. The starting point of that journey uh, begins well before and the excitement and the buildup uh, and all of the atmosphere uh, extends well beyond the four walls of this building. And, and, you know, you talked earlier about, you know, sort of the urbanization of ballparks. A lot of those uh, ballparks have, you know, either incorporated some sort of ballpark village or just the surrounding neighborhoods, you know, Wrigleyville as an example in Chicago or, you know, the Fenway area where, you really do have this atmosphere around a ballpark that enriches the fan experience well before and well after a game. Uh, and so we think about it much more about the the entire fan experience end-to-end. You know, where are they starting? How are they getting here? Uh, what are the things along the way that they do to make that a special experience? And then what part of uh, that experience Occurs within the walls of Rogers Center, and our goal is to enhance that experience. And so, if we can do it in in the surrounding area, or you know, the the journey into the ballpark, uh, we want to do that.
0: So, do you see yourselves getting a little bit more involved with the city's plans for Rail Deck Park, and how you know, the, right now they're 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 uh, investing a fair bit to. Uh, further study the engineering behind the rail deck park. And I think it'll take another year before it's done. But how do you see yourselves getting involved in in that process?
1: Yeah, the the rail deck park itself is a pretty exciting opportunity. And obviously it it goes directly outside of Rogers Center. And yeah. uh, as you mentioned, you know, our our hope is that it would extend to John Street to the bridge so that uh, there would be a parkway directly outside of Rogers Center, uh, which would completely change the experience for fans coming and going uh, from games. So, you know, beyond that, we, we've had some conversations with the city. We don't really have much more formal involvement, but we like the concept. Uh, right. We would love for uh, fans and, and, you know, people living and and working downtown to have a a green space uh, in this area, we think would really enhance the neighborhood.
0: Okay, Um, I was going to try to probe for more details about the stadium, but uh, I sense the reluctance and that's that's quite obviously that's quite fair. Um, But let me just end by asking whether there are any
1: changes that fans can expect for this upcoming season to the stadium. There's some. Uh, so we we announced earlier uh, in the off season that we we're extending the netting uh, above the dugouts. Uh, so the the backstop netting, so to speak. Uh, so again, looking at ways to uh, enhance the fan experience and you know safety of fans is obviously an important issue for us and for fans. Uh, and so we want to make sure that uh, we're providing that type of environment. So uh, you know we announced that we're we're putting netting above the dugouts. Uh, there's some smaller changes. You know. We're looking at, uh, you know, more event-driven and, and kind of activity-driven changes. Probably nothing uh, as big structural, uh, but more what what the experience is like for fans during games.
0: Actually, when you mentioned one last question, yeah, you mentioned the dugout, and that got me thinking about the players themselves. And we talked about the fan experience, but what about the players' experience as it relates to new stadium? design and what it offers
1: that, and that's actually a big part of uh, our plans uh, you know in, in looking at renovations the the player experience itself has completely changed in the last 30 years uh, the the Way that fans, uh, fans, the way that players are, are looking at you know training, uh, it's much more holistic, and you know we've we've moved towards a high performance env- environment where uh, you know it goes beyond just having a place for players to change and then and go out and play the game. Uh, there's literally within a ballpark uh, a full you know rehabilitation, uh, workout training facility uh, that the players utilize day in and day out. You know they're they're here six months of the year, uh, many, many hours a day, uh, and they want to be in the best playing shape possible, and we want them to be in the best playing shape possible. So we need to provide uh, the the resources and the facilities to allow them to do that. It it ties into the work we're looking at in Dunedin, uh, you know, spring training facilities, uh, which is now, you know, probably more of a misnomer. It's much more of a training facility, uh, 365 days a year. Uh, You know, we're looking at completely renovating those facilities. uh, But once players get here, you know, they need a very similar type of uh, facility uh, to to utilize throughout the year.
0: Hmm. Well, this has been really interesting uh, as a, As a Torontonian, a Blue Jays fan, obviously, and a planner, uh, you've really uh, shed light on a a lot of interesting um, topics, and um, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much.
1: Absolutely. I enjoyed it.